Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Matt from Kai Jack Gym out in Gibsonville, North Carolina. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having us. I'm excited to have you here. Before we kind of dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on over at your gym, give us a little bit of background here, Matt. What was it that led to you going and opening up Kai Jack's gym? Uh, we were, we first got started back in 2007 as a training facility for athletes. And we, had we started from nothing from scratch so we went the route of three squat racks turf bumper plates and that was back when there was no rogue there was no muscle drivers um so i don't know what happened to this so you know if you wanted to order bumper plates you you, you there was no amazon so we okay. went through the trials and tribulations of where do you even get gym equipment? So I sat down with a rep from Hammer Strength and three squat racks, bumper plates, and three bars was $12,000. So that's what we went with. That's how we started our gym. But that's all we needed because we needed to uh, train athletes in groups, 12, 15 at a time. I mean, I wanted a set of dumbbells, but they were like $18,000 or something like that, buying them new. So we, we just, that's how we started the gym. But in about 2008, uh, I started, I guess it was Craigslist at first. I, somebody told me about that check them for gym equipment. So I jumped on there and I found a set of dumbbells and I went to pick them up. The guy was like, why don't you just take everything in here? And I wanted like two dumbbells. He said, why don't you just take them all? We got to move all this stuff out. So then I realized, holy crap. Maybe I can start filling this place with gym equipment. So it kind of just evolved to uh, a little bit more than a training center. You know, we started adding a Smith machine and things like that. So we started our focus with let's be a training center, but we have completely took a 180 to um, we're a 24 hour gym and we have our niche is we're trying to have more equipment in our gym than most gyms would have. Gotcha. We started that in about 2014 and it seems to be working so far. Awesome. So your, your niche is, you know, having the best equipment, having good amount of that type of equipment. People come in, they kind of get in their workout and then yeah, it's, it's, it's like a goal. It's, you know, our, my goal, our goal, I was on the phone with somebody one time when I was selling gym equipment, hot and heavy. And he said, I visited world gym somewhere and they had 10 leg presses. And I was standing in our facility. This was in 2014 when I was still selling gym equipment real hard. And I'm looking around, I'm like 10 leg presses. What would that look like to have 10 leg presses lined up all different? all from the rare ones to, you know, just the normal ones. And I'm thinking to myself, I think I can do that. And then when I, when that thought popped in my head, we kind of switched gears and we stopped selling the best of the best. And we started putting it in the gym 
and then the response from the the local uh, bodybuilding community was really good on that. You know, they liked the variations and they liked the fact that a lot of gyms talk price per square foot or uh, I don't know how they termed it, but, you know, if you, you might have a machine that's taking up 10, a 10 by 10 space. If it's not getting used, get that machine out of here and, and get two pieces in there in that 10 by 10 space that'll get profitability per square foot. That's what it is. I never thought, I, I still don't today. We do not think like that. I mean, we have 14 leg presses. We want uh, like 16 more. We want to go to 30. So right. that's just our, that is our niche. That is our business model. So you want to have a ton of equipment. Um, and I'm assuming you want to have a lot of people in there using it, right? Yeah. And you know that, well, that's the only reason we're still in business. We never really got focused on the numbers. I mean, we always had three to five different jobs to keep the gym open. You know, me and my wife, one year we worked from the hours of midnight. No, wait, the mall closes at nine. We, we checked in the mall at nine 30, set Christmas decorations up till 5.00 AM and then went to our jobs at six, seven, eight AM, you know, just to keep things rolling. So we've always kind of, the gym was always out of love. It never, it never was a, a spreadsheet bottom line. We got to be in the black by this certain time. And, you know, that's pretty much why we're, we outlasted the funk, you know, <clears throat> I think any business, if I was a businessman and I went into this gym, I would have closed it down within two years. Cause I would say, man, this is not profitable. I can't do this. Okay. Yeah. Got you. So your heart is your heart was in it. I mean, that's kind of like what led you guys to be successful at the point that you're at today. Um, well, one one thing that goes with that is we always kept our overhead low. I mean, mm -hmm. my very first location was on the best of the best street that you could get on in in our town. Our town is Gibsonville, but Burlington is right next door. Okay. So Church Street's the main street. We've got. <clears throat> I mean, there's like six gyms on Church Street. I'm talking like a Golds, a Rush, another Gold. We had, Burlington had three Golds at one point back in the 90s. They had three Golds gym. And Bur Greensboro is 10 times bigger than Burlington. And they don't even have three Golds gyms. Burlington, North Carolina had three Golds gyms. Wow. That, within a five-mile radius of each other. So for some reason... Uh, it is just like, I mean, there's literally probably 23 gyms in Burlington right now. And I say Burlington because Gibsonville, we're one stop light away from being a Burlington address. Okay. So, but um, what were we talking about? Why did I say that? <laughs> I mean, we're just kind of talking about, you know, you guys have <clears> – <throat> you worked several jobs to kind of keep this thing afloat, you know, get it to a point that it's at oh, so my first, No, what I was saying, my first warehouse, my first building was actually right in front of the rush. I put the, I, I rented the building and then the rush built their gym right behind me, same street, like a month later, but we were a training facility. So it didn't matter. I mean, I'd have my kids out running in the rush parking lot. You know, I mean, we trained at football players. So, you know, a big Globo 24-hour gym didn't really affect us. We didn't affect them. It was all good. 
but that rent was three times higher than what my rent is now. So like day one, 2007 of me opening my gym, um, my expenses were triple what they are now just based on that location. And then finally I woke up a year into it and I was like, I can't do this anymore. We, we got to do something. So then I, I was just riding down the road. I saw this for lease sign warehouse space for lease. And there's this group of warehouses down this road in Gibsonville that was right beside Burlington. And I was like, dude, this is perfect. And it was like double the space, double the size space. And it was less than half, more than half the rent. So that's one reason why we've always been able to overcome things is because we keep our overhead low. Okay. No employees in a dirty warehouse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a good, it is a good place to start. You have to keep in mind, like in this business, your overheads can be super high. And that's like a mistake that a lot of gym owners make out the get-go is like they yep. get the nicest of things. They get a really expensive business. They hire a ton of staff. And, you know, they can't even cover their overhead. They're not paying themselves. They're not paying their employees. It's just not yeah. great. Um, yeah. So, you know, you mentioned there that you guys, you know, your niche is having the best equipment. Um, on top of, you know, your 24-7 membership, do you guys offer any additional services? Or is that, you know, all you get no. if you're a member? No, we, no, no, we don't. It's $49 a month. Uh that's all that's all we offer i mean we've had I've, I've been in a situation we were a crossfit back in 2009 and we had 15 crossfit coaches we had about 180 members um and you know how that goes they pay 150 a month so that's pretty pretty good money coming in but where we're at now and where we have been since 2014 is we are a straight you are here because we offer the best facility for a bodybuilder to walk into and get, get their workout done. Okay. That's, so, that's so with that, I mean, you can realistically only serve the population that knows what they're doing in the gym. Like yes. somebody near to fitness would not yeah. join your facility. For us. And there's other, there's other gyms out there like this. If you're looking for a gym, you are not looking for us. If you're looking, if you're, at, if you've been at a gym, you don't have to know what you're doing, but if you're at Gold's gym right now in Burlington, you get there at six o'clock, you can be a novice. You get there at six and it's leg day and, and they have 8,500 members and you want to use a leg press at six o'clock at night. There's 120 people there. They have two leg presses, you know, and they're paying anywhere from 40 to $60 a month for that. Well, they hear about us and they show up at six o'clock on a Monday. There's 15 cars in the parking lot and we have 15 leg presses and they walk in and say, holy crap, they're not a big bodybuilder. They're just somebody that's a gym. They, they have a gym membership already. So when they walk in, they see the difference. If you're okay. just looking for a gym and you happen to find us, you've never been into a gym, you walk in and you say, there's nobody sitting at the front desk. I had to stand here for five minutes before you showed up because we're by appointment only to sign up. So it's just different. It's a different concept. Like got you. Is there a reason why you haven't brought in like trainers or anything like that to utilize the space? Cause I mean, obviously for the yeah. business that brings and we more have, money in for you. We have at one point, mm -hmm. even at Kajak's gym, we had a trainer who was doing group training 
and they were doing a lot of money. I mean, for them, they were doing like 10 grand a month, paying us 25%. And that was great. But I think, you know, we set, I mean, me and my wife sat down and we were like, look, this isn't, this isn't feeding the money's fine, but our souls are not being fed because this is not our vision. Our vision is what, you know, what we're doing right now, which is, I mean, look, bottom line is my selling point is, Hey, uh, what people say all the time, what, so do you have, I mean, what kind of equipment do you have? And I say, where do you go now? And they'll say goals. I'll say, okay, how many leg presses does goals have? I think two. I'll say, okay, they have two leg presses, 8,000 members. We have 15 leg presses, the best leg presses you can find in the world. And we have 500 members. That's the difference. Not, I have a really good trainer or we do a great group class. You know what I mean? So it's just two different. It's just a different way to do it. Yep. Yeah, and that's totally fine. That's that's your niche. I was just kind of understanding there what exactly it is that you guys do. And now that we kind of understand off air, we talked a little bit about your membership. You mentioned to me that you've got about 500 members. Um, talk to us about that growth process. You said you're in a position where you're looking to grow. So where do you guys find your members? Like, what does that uh, growth process look like? Um. <clears throat> Well, it's important to understand, too, that we do like zero advertising. So I know that sooner or later we will. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know where to advertise. I don't know. I tell you what doesn't work. Every door direct mail. I've done that twice. Sent out like 700 flyers to two different routes. Got zero from it. Well, I'm glad to say I'm gl I'm glad that you found that that doesn't work, and you probably it's a really cool again. concept because you can get on USPS uh, Postal and they will show you the mail routes and it shows you every mailbox in that route, which could be like five to six hundred in a big city. It's going to be well, they'll have more routes, I guess, because they don't want to overload their mail truck. But yeah, so anyway, and it was cheap, but it did nothing. I mean, cheap for four to five hundred dollars. Um, yeah. So we do no advertising. And it's just word of mouth. And, and I know I've heard on other podcasts, that's the best of the best. And we know that is the best. When somebody walks in and then goes, tell, goes and tells 10 people, holy crap, y'all need right. to come check this out. They're going to believe that person easier than they are a piece of paper. So the members that we get, uh, they're a little bit more quality member. If they make it past a week, See, we don't have air conditioning. Chalk chains, no AC. That's on the back of our T-shirt, loud and proud. It's like a 16-inch print on the back. If you can make it past that point, um, you're going to, you know, you're you're going to be there for years, six years until you move, or you're going to be there for life. But, and that's one reason why we hadn't advertised big yet. And when I say advertise, I mean I. I don't know if I don't know how to advertise, but I'm sure there's a company out there that'll that'll take my money and do it for me. A marketing group. Six people. I pay them ten thousand dollars. They come in, they get me five hundred more members in a month. I mean, gold gold's gym, their their deal was like sixty thousand dollars a month in training and four hundred members. That was their goal a month. I'm happy. 
I'm literally happy. I personally am financially satisfied and happy if I get five members a week. If we sign up 20 members a month, I'm good. Okay. Are you doing that right now? We, we have our good, good ones and bad ones. I mean, uh, some, no, not all the time. That's but. kind of what I that's kind of what I see with word of mouth. Like, yes, I would agree with you. Word of mouth is always gonna be our favorite method yeah. of growth as a business owner because it has a life expectancy. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. free and the members come in, they already trust us, right? Um, because they know like their friend comes to us and their friend's happy, so they're gonna be happy and like we like that. But it's very hard to predict. We're gonna have a lot of ebbs and flows to it, months where we get like we hit our 20 member goal and then months where it's like slow. Yeah. Um, and so well, you got to think, you got to also know this. So you're 20. So if you're a CrossFit, what is your rate? What is your like most expensive package? Our most expensive is around $200 a month. Okay. 200 times 20 is 4,000. 49 times 20 is like a little over 800. Mm. So, you, so you see what I'm saying? So a 24-hour gym, um, you, it, it's tough. I mean, you know, you're selling, and, and this is what I tell people. If you go and rent a, an earth-moving machine, one that has eight-foot tires, what do you think it costs to use that for a week? How much does that cost? It ain't no $50. Right. It's a million-dollar machine. You're gonna. It's gonna cost that. It's gonna cost ten thousand dollars for you to rent right. that for a week. Mm -hmm. You use a million dollar machine for a week. You walk into a twenty four. You know, a CrossFit. You have ten thousand dollars worth of equipment in there. If you walk into Planet Fitness, they got a million dollars worth of treadmills. Those treadmills are ten thousand dollars a piece, and they got a hundred of them. That's a million dollars worth of treadmills, and they let you use a million dollars worth of equipment for ten dollars a month. It's a rat race. 24-hour gym is a rat race and that's why we had to separate ourselves and say you can't deny yeah uh golds is what they are they got a great tradition but brass tacks eight thousand members two leg presses where do you want to train do you want to train it if you're serious about your leg day do you want to train at a gym that has 15 leg presses 12 leg extensions, 12 hamstring curls, or do you want to go to a gym that has two of each? I mean, probably the one that has way more. That way you can actually get your workout but in. to that, and then this is another conversation, wear and tear on equipment. Now we're getting the people that come five days a week, you know, our you know, cables wear out more. I mean, our equipment actually gets used. You know what I mean? And it's that's one reason why Golds gets away or the big bot, the big gyms get away with having so many members. They might not be as serious. They're not coming five days a week, you know, so they can get by. Yeah. So, you know, kind of to circle back to what we were talking about there with the idea of, um, you know, your growth. Do you think it's realistic for you guys to get to that point of, you know, your goal of around 2,000 or cuss? so members? Can I what? cuss on this? Can I cuss on this podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Do I think that we can get to 2,000 members? 
no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't finish my question. Do you think that you can get, <laughs> do you think that you can get to your 2000 members strictly through word of mouth? Do you think that that's no, a reality? No, absolutely not. No, hell no. But no, I don't. No, so we're going to have to, we're going to have to spend advertising dollars, hundred percent. But, yeah. but I'm not, I'm not going to waste that right now because we have a gravel parking lot. And if, and if I send out, if I, whatever the method is, if I get 30 people that want to come in that week after that uh, radio ad and all of a sudden it's raining and there's puddles everywhere and there's only three cars in the parking lot and then there's puddles and they get out and their Jordans get muddy. They walk to the door. I don't want that apology. Sorry. Sorry that my parking lot's so shitty. I'm, I'm willing, me as a business owner, I'm willing to spend 10 grand on this advertising, but I'm going to do it. Um, I'm going to do it when we get our, you know, our goal is to get in, we're building a, a new building and it's going to have better bathrooms. The parking lot's going to be paid. That's what I'm going to spend the money on the advertising. Once you have everything like in a position where they're hot, there can be like, there's no need yeah. for apologies. Gotcha. I mean, we 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 have a so when we moved into this warehouse we it's the it was the third warehouse that I had painted and we we went in it took us a month to prep it out to be able to put equipment in there and say hey this is a gym right mm -hmm. well I didn't touch the bathrooms I was like I mean cheaping out it was five six seven thousand dollars to rehab the bathroom you you can spend eighty thousand dollars on a bathroom you know. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't do anything because I said, I, I want to go get that leg press. I want, you know, being in the equipment business back then, we could buy a leg press for $500, $800. So it was, I, I'd rather spend the money on that. Right. Fix this bathroom up. But I remember one time somebody, it was a female, she came and signed up. She, she had the paperwork. She did, uh, she had the, I had the credit card at the desk. She said, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll be back. So well, I'll, I'll go ahead and put this in the computer. She comes back less than like 60 seconds and she's like, um, I think I'm, I'm going to hold off on this and, uh, uh, I'll be back. Never saw her again. It was, it, I know in my heart, it was because our bathroom was so horrible. And shortly after that, this was like two or three years after uh, 2014, shortly after that, we did spruce the bathroom up, you know, to make it to where you could walk in and not turn around. Um, but I always had the opposite thought of I'm more worried about getting the equipment in here than I am paving the parking lot. Nobody wants to go spend $26 washing their car and then pull into your gravelless dirt parking lot. Right. To go work out. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's facts. I mean, people might say the parking lot don't matter, but to get to 2000 members, the parking lot is going to matter. The bathroom is going to matter. It don't matter for the, the ones we have now because they're all about working out but the fact is i mean you know most people work out two days a week when it fits their schedule they don't book their schedule around their workouts they book a 24-hour gym workout now crossfit people they're bred differently we all know that you know somebody who has a trainer that they make sure they're they're paying up for that but somebody with a general membership most of them you know, it's when it's convenient for them, they will get to the gym. They're not really making many life changes to actually get to the gym. Um, right. And when something pops up, 
it's only $49. Fuck it. I'm not going today. As oh, I'm paying a trainer $65 for this hour, I am showing up. Right. Um, so it's, it's just a different animal and the members are different. And um, that's that. So I want to ask you an interesting question. I do like to ask this question on the podcast, but I think that your answer will be a little bit different here because I think your concept is different from a lot of people that I've talked to. Um, what, what would you consider to be your biggest business-related challenge that you're facing? And what are you do, working to do to kind of overcome that? My, my biggest business-related challenge. I think there, I think there's different areas of this, but one one, one thing was the ba- doing the basics, a, a basic task for a gym, and you can, and I used to say I'm not supplying towels; they can bring their own towel. That doesn't work though. You got you got to have towels. If you're gonna have 50 people, all right. If you're if you're gonna have more than 50 people walk into a facility a day. You have to supply a spray bottle and a towel for them to, to do it. And then, have, you know, sometimes they don't. Okay, so we get that in our head. We have to supply towels. All of a sudden, it's Wednesday. We're out of towels. Well, we get up, we, we went hard for a week, two weeks on having towels up there. Now, it's, now we're in week three. We're not as motivated. And now there's no towels. So now we got members used to, oh, there's towels. Thank you for the towels. Then there's no towels because they're all dirty you know so little things like that I mean following through see I've never had I never had anybody else running the gym so if I was doing something else working at a, at a one of my other jobs the t- I wasn't thinking about the towels next thing I know it's Friday there's still no towels so mm-hmm. we go do towels on Saturday and then they got towels on Sunday but we went four days without towels yeah um, you, and that sounds simple. That sounds simple, but let somebody sense. let somebody sign up at, at a twenty four hour gym that doesn't have a CrossFit mentality of I don't I'm not afraid of sweat, and they walk up to a machine and it's completely sweaty, and there's no towels to wipe it off, and they're only paying forty nine dollars a month to be there. It's too easy of a decision. Screw this place. I'm going to another gym up the street. Ooh that has towels and they have towels is they have a staff of 12 and somebody gets paid $10 an hour to make sure that they never are out of towels. Mm-hmm. And it's, so it's the little, it's the little things like that, that compound on somebody who is trying to run their gym solo or maybe even with one other. No, I get that. I mean, I, yeah. I definitely, those towels, like they are a little thing, but they mean a lot. Like you, people don't want to have to deal with like the sweat on the equipment and especially yeah. like post 2020, like people are just even more weird about that stuff. Well, yeah, I'm um, not even thinking about that, but absolutely. Yes. Um, so have you, have you ever thought of like using like Cinta or something like that? Like a I have, and I, ha- I, I did, I have, and we did use them. When I opened this gym, we were like, Oh yeah, we're, we're going to do. And we did Cintas. Mm-hmm. You might want to delete this if you if you get paid anything from CentOS. No, we don't. I, I despise we don't. CentOS. I don't recommend them to anybody. The last conversation I had with a CentOS employee was, I tell you what, I'm going to take all your shit out of my bathrooms and I'm going to leave them out the door. And if they're not picked up this afternoon, I'm throwing them in the dumpster. 
Okay. So me and Centos, we went a different route with it. I mean, there's probably and if you really want like, to know why, because when they signed me up, they started charging me $7 for center pool towels. And three months later, you know, when you sign up for something like that, you're not checking the bill. Three months later, I'm at $14 a roll. Mm. And everything had doubled. And it's like, dude, what the piss is this? You know, and yeah. I just started taking advantage of it. And I'm like, look, but anyway, whatever. And I, I, I mean, know like, for a fact that other people have experienced that same thing. Maybe not with CentOS, but any of those companies are like that. So what do we do now? Once a month, I go to the restaurant supply store that's two miles away. I walk in and I, I buy my stuff direct from them. I think and like I have to carry you... the box in. And we went, we were going to go with a towel company once. He said, I'm going to have you 600 towels uh, every Monday, 600 towels. Okay, you going to fold them? No, they're going to be in bags. Okay, we still got to fold the towels. Are you going to lay them out? No, they're going to be in bags. Okay, we, we got to fold them and lay them out. Well, what happens when they're, when they're done? Are you going to replenish them? No, we're just dropping them off. So really, all you're doing is washing them. You're I still got to bag up the dirty towels and put them outside. You're basically just washing the towels. You're still going to deliver them to me in a bag. I'm still going to have to touch the towel. towel. So it's like, no, I'm not... I uh, finally rationalized, like, no, I'm not going to do that because we're still touching the towels, so we might as well wash them. Yeah, we're, I mean, I think it's a washer-dryer. I need a yeah. washer-dryer at the gym because we take them to uh, – I think my – I told you earlier, for the first time in 15 years, I have a gym manager. I've had a gym manager now for six weeks. I love it. I should have done it day one, but I didn't have the money to do it. And I haven't had to worry about toilets, towels, or anything because he does all that now. And that, that's really not his job, but he doesn't have a team yet. And sooner or later, well, we do have a college kid working with him. Um, but sooner, you know, a gym manager shouldn't have to clean toilets. He needs a couple people. He needs to be selling memberships. He knows that. I know that. But right now, he is tasked with everything. Yeah. I think, like, as you grow the staff, you know, you can put – some of the staff on towel duty um, and like have them take care of those little things that like make all the difference for your members. Um, but like you, your wife, your manager, like definitely should not be doing those things. Uh, well, you got to, you got to, you got to do all the, I hate paying people to sweep. I do because no, there's this guy that's in this, the space beside us. And, um, this is old man. He's 85. He lives in Chicago and he owns a box company and he comes in once a quarter and he steps in that space just to look around and then comes out and I'm sweeping the dock. And he says, you know, I've never, I always sweep my own warehouses. I was like, really? He was like, yeah, you know why? He was like, cause nobody sweeps better than I do. Cause it's my warehouse. Now this same guy owns a warehouse in Chicago it's like 30,000 square foot feet in Chicago. Okay. So rent, I mean, I'm paying like 1800 for my space. He's probably paying no telling what, and it's full of cars. He collects crazy collector cars. So this, okay. he does, what I'm alluding to is he has the money to pay somebody else to sweep, but here he is telling me, I don't pay anybody to sweep. I do the sweeping in my warehouse. 
And it's the same thing with cleaning. I mean, you're going to clean it better than anybody because it's yours. Mm -hmm. You're paying somebody $10 an hour to clean. Are they, I mean, it's just a, so yeah, we've done our share of cleaning, but I think now, you know, 15 years into it, it might be time to kind of pass those duties on. No, for sure. I think like generally as business owners, no matter what kind of business that we have, like we can do everything to our standards and finding somebody that to hire that to, can do it. What I've learned is you, you do have to lower your standards just a little bit mm -hmm. and not get caught up on sweeping is the worst for me. Cause I'll, I'll, I'll be on the phone with my college somebody in college and I've just paid them three hours to vacuum the gym and I go in and I see something I'm like dude did you vacuum right here yeah I did well if you vacuumed right there that dust bunny wouldn't be there so but you can't that's a whole nother conversation but you just you do you have to let go a little bit and let some things slide yeah um I want to you know now to kind of follow up with that question you know, goal-wise, you have a magic wand, all your dreams, all your goals for your business were to come true. What would that picture look like for you, for your wife, for your family? As far as the, so in a both, perfect both. world, if we could do everything we wanted to do with the gym, what would it be? Exactly. Yeah, it would be um, exactly what we have now in our new facility. Um, the, the contractor is going to make us put air conditioning in, but... I doubt, I doubt we use it, but by code, we're going to have to have it. Um, it's, so it's exactly what we have now in a, in just a, a freshly painted cinder block building, but it has, uh, I think when I did this count up, it, it has like 120 pieces of 120 more pieces of equipment in it than what we have now, which, um, so, yeah, I mean, basically the, exactly what we have now just materialize uh, what what we have written down. We have the four acres bought. We are in the process of, of getting this done. So I think our vision is on the right road. Um, we just have to get we just have to let time play out. I mean, the end. You know, one of the engineers has had this thing. Uh, one of the civil engineer had it for like a year. It took him a year to get his deal done. So it just takes time. Um, how, like, how far out do you guys think that you are from like actually? Oh, uh, well, it's, I don't know. You know, now, you know, we're talking, this is what, this is November 1st, 2022. Now is not the time to build anything. Right. I mean, everything's triple. Um, so we're building two buildings. One is going to be a space. We've always had two buildings, even when we didn't do an auction, because we always sold equipment. So we had the gym, we sold equipment. Mm -hmm. And we've always rented two spaces. So when we sold gym equipment out of, out of that second space, we just basically turned it into the auction, right? So for 15 years, we rented two spaces to make our operation work. Our operation was never open a gym and, and let's see if this gym will work. It was always, let's, we're going to, we're not, 
we got the gym and we're going to do whatever it takes to keep it going. If we have to go take a nine to five to pay the gym rent, that's what it's going to be. So the first building we're building is that, that second building. And it's right now it's an auction. My vision is, you know, a sprinkler is a hundred thousand dollars. If you go put a sprinkler in a warehouse, it's a hundred thousand dollars. And if you go build a gym, you have to have a sprinkler. Well, that's $100,000 you got to spend just for the sprinkler system, okay? Um, this first building we're building, it's not a gym, so we don't have to have a sprinkler system. So that's $100,000 right there that I don't have to spend because I'm not building the gym space. You get what I'm saying? Right, right. <clears throat> All right. The actual gym has a second floor. It's called a mezzanine, okay? Right. They have to build a, a metal structure that will – hold a concrete floor that will hold thousands of pounds of shit right so and plus people walking upstairs that mezzanine alone is two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and that's not even the concrete that's just the second floor metal that's strong enough to hold all that stuff up the concrete's probably another forty thousand so um I, you know, the first building is going to be a lot easier to build. It's going to facilitate the things that need to happen to get that second building built, which three years ago before COVID, they were telling me is like a $800,000 project. So the way things are right now, I mean, you know, it's probably a $2 million project now. So I, I don't know. When you say, when is this going to be done? I don't know. I think um, it's going to be it's going to be a little waiting game of when it people are people have so much work right now that they're basically tripling their price because they don't need to take it. Like a contractor has so much going on, um, he gets a job price that should be an eight hundred thousand dollar job. He's throwing three point five million at it because he doesn't right. care if they take it. He's already busy. So it's just a really weird time. And that's because everybody got money. Everybody, the interest loans, the interest rates are really low. So everybody's doing things, but it's kind of catching up with it to where things have tripled now. So yeah. it's a weird time. So I, I really don't know. I mean, it is a really weird time. I have no doubt though, that like when the time is right, you guys are going to finish it up, make it happen. Like it's a really cool concept. Uh, where can our listeners go to follow you guys online, um, follow the journey, and if they're ever in that um, area, check it out? Yeah, uh, probably the best bet is our Instagram. It's just Kajak's Gym. And we're we're in and out of, you know, sometimes we go hard and we're, we post like every day. It's funny, though, about that. Um, if, you, if you talk to anybody about social media, when we – we had a lot of bodybuilders come in, uh, a lot of influential bodybuilders. We had um, a couple, about a, about 40 bodybuilders left this gym from Greensboro and started coming to our gym. And that kind of sparked us to be more Instagram worthy kind of thing. So we would post a picture of a piece of equipment with nobody on the equipment. But the equipment was so rare, it would get 120 likes. We post a picture of like a person working out, it gets like 20 likes. 
You know what I mean? So we we have a, a different kind of demographic on our Instagram. It's more of like, oh, that's a rare piece. Oh, there's only three of those main made. I've never seen one of those before. You know, that's the kind of that's the kind of track we get. Right. So, so sometimes we go hard and we're in there posting, but it's mostly pictures of Jimmy Quick. You know, okay. it's not really showcasing members or, or things like that. Um, well, I'm sure somebody listening to this show will, will want to check it out. So thanks for sharing and thank you for being here today, Matt. Yay. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, guys, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, please hit like and subscribe if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords Podcast. Fill out the link in the description. We will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only John Rojas with Team NCR out of San Diego. John, what is going on, man? Happy Wednesday. How are you feeling today? What's going on, man? I feel great. Uh, thank you for having me on the podcast. Uh, it's exciting. It's my first podcast, um, I guess, appearance. So I'm very excited to, you know, just talk about yeah. fitness, man. There we go. It's a privilege to have you on, man. A privilege to be the first host. <laughs> uh, and so, you know what? Let's, let's start with the basics here, man. I mean, I know you're 100% remote here. And we'll try to give the viewers some perspective. So, you know, John, how many clients are you working with currently? So I have, uh, so myself, I have about 50 clients uh, and I have an assistant coach who's about, uh, she's about 20 on her own, um, right, right around there. So on, in total, we have about 70, 75 on the team, uh, which is pretty cool. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so, you know, I think being remote, it's totally different here. I mean, what is really the best method for you guys to get new people interested working with you guys, you know, in your, in whether you have a funnel or whether you have, you know, a, a website, how do you get people to come and contact you guys? So everything we do mainly, we, well, when I started out, it's, which has been Instagram. So uh, I moved to San Diego, just doing everything through Instagram. And, you know, as I, as I got here and I learned a little bit more about the business side of things, I realized how important it is to scale on the other end of, on other social media platforms. So uh, now I try to grow the TikTok, the, the, the Facebook, things like that. Uh, but mainly the way people reach out to me is just Instagram and just referrals, uh, Facebook, uh, things like that. So I, that's essentially the main, the main way I find clients, the way, the main way people find me. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome, man. I think, obviously, I think being online, I think it's almost like, like, hey, like, you know, it's almost like it just makes sense. I think if, you, if you're right. online, you might as well use social media. Um, and so I'm, I'm curious, man, I think you don't have a square footage concern, but, you know, I, I think a better question to ask how many can you handle is more or less how much do you want to take on? Like, what's the highest you think you could go? 
Right. So the, the beauty of what I, what I do I, is that the business is scalable. So the idea of what the business is, is to keep adding, kind of keep growing the business uh, horizontally instead of vertically. Uh, because my, my goal is to just keep my, my cap of clients at 50. I don't really want to go above that because I still want to be able to provide all of my clients a one-on-one experience. Um, so what I do now is I have an assistant coach and any potential clients that come to me, any potential leads, I just funnel them over to my assistant coach. Uh, but unless, unless someone specifically wants to work with me, then I'll, I'll sometimes make an exception. Uh, but you know, ideally with the way, like how many I personally want to handle is 50, no more than 50. Uh, but from there, like if it contain when it continues growing, once my assistant coach is fully filled up, we'll bring on another coach and fill her up or fill him up and just continue growing from there. So that's why I grow. I like to grow more of a foundation than instead of just me being one coach with a whole bunch of clients. I love that. I love that. I think I'm glad you kind of have an understanding of like your capacity, right? Because I think so many people try to be like, oh, it's endless, but realistically right. it's not. Right. It's right, like, yeah. well, it's your quality of life, you know, and how much do you genuinely, cause again, it comes down to your decision. How much do you really want to handle? Like it's your business. You know, it, it's not about making it everything for the clients. It has to make sense for you too. Right. right? So it goes both ways. Um, but the, the crazy thing here, and I mean, the, the truth is you can get as many assistant coaches as you want, 10, 20, 30. And it's like, it is technically endless, you know, right. if you really think about it. Exactly. Um, and so what do you think, are the benefits of, because I know you said, you, I mean, you alluded it to offline and, and you mentioned it to us too, but, you know, going from in-person to online, what do you feel like has been the most beneficial and setbacks that you have noticed? As you could do like one of each, what has been the best and worst part of going online? Honestly, there there isn't many setbacks that I've noticed. The only setback I really noticed when, when it comes to, you know, going from in-person on, to online is that a lot of people don't understand the online space or the online nutrition training side of things, uh, especially my older clientele. So like I get a lot of people that come to me and they say, hey, can you train me in the gym? Like I'm free these days. And I'm like, I, I don't do that anymore. Because what I found in like, oh, this brings me to the, the positive side of things is I'm able to reach many more people. And I'm also able to hold people more accountable. Uh, because what I found with in-person training and, you know, you did personal training as well is when you're, when you're dealing with that client, you're with them for that hour period, right. Or however long you train them. Once they leave, you don't really have anything to do with what they do outside of the gym. Right. And if you do, you, you, you're either doing more work for yourself or you have to charge more like, Hey, you know, I'm going to keep you accountable, accountable outside of the gym as well. But then, you know, it also comes down to, okay, if I'm training 10 clients a day for an hour, that's 10 hours a day on top of, oh, now my client needs me to answer questions what, of what they're doing outside the gym. And it just ends up being way too much. Um, so the benefits now is I have more free time, but I also have more free time to put into the business because all the free time I gained from going online just allows me to learn more, add more value to the actual company and also provide more to my current clients. Because I did do, I did both at one point. So when I did, I, I had a training studio in Maryland what I ended up doing is I had the in-person and the online clients and they both saw different results because my in-person people were, were just come in like, Hey, how'd you eat today? Oh, I didn't really eat much. Like, okay, cool. We don't really have much time to talk about this. Let's get this workout going. Um, but the, with the, my online people, they're learning much more. They get much better results and it just becomes a much more personable relationship instead of, Hey, let's, let's see you for an hour a day leave, go do your own thing, come back, we'll talk again, come back. And it's, it's a much more personalized experience. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I, you can see just like 
you live and breathe this thing. And that's awesome. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, not everybody is truly in it for the right reasons. And I mean, a lot of it's profit driven, but it really goes to show right. that, you know, you're genuinely here to help people. Um, and so I guess let's say like five, 10, five, 10 years down the road here. What's the bigger picture for, for the business? What are you guys really trying to accomplish? Right. So the, the, it's funny, my, um, my girlfriend just asked me this the other day. She's like, what do you see yourself doing? Like in the next, you know, 10, 20 years, are you still going to be coaching? Honestly, like I love coaching. There's no part of it. I don't like it's, it's all a, a, a great, uh, a fun experience for me. I keep learning. I'm like my, my current clients teach me so much every day. Uh, but what I like realistically for the business, what I do want to be able to do is continue scaling um, and just be able to add kind of employ other coaches that are coming into the space because the biggest thing I've seen with growing the business is that it's so hard. Like it's so hard to handle the, the legalities, the handle then like all the insurance stuff. Like it's just, it's something that a lot of people don't want to do. Um, and also pulling uh, personal trainers out of the gym who don't want to be there anymore. Um, and just kind of allowing myself to give them a job opportunity. So the, the idea for the actual business is allowing the business to continue growing and scaling and just team NCR to be a fully, a full fledged, corporation where coaches are coaching everybody online um, and then I can take a step back and either take a little bit less clients or just focus on my on my on just my clients but you know long term long term like if your question is long term what do I see the business being just being a corporation that employs online coaches that want to learn more about nutrition and just want to teach people from a, an online standpoint instead of being in the gym. Gotcha. So you eventually you want to be the coaches for coaches, the coaches coach. Exactly. That's what eventually that's kind of like where, where I want to be is I want to, cause I'm moving more towards just kind of um, inspiring the people I work with instead of just mm -hmm. working with them on like, Oh, what are you eating? How's your workouts going? Cause the way I coach my, my clients, it's not so much, Hey, let me, let me tell me how you ate this last week. Tell me how you trained. It's reframing their whole mindset towards the gym and food. Um, and then when I, when I talk to my assistant coach, Morgan with her, it's like, I end up talking to her about coaching itself and say, how to approach your clients, because she's very good at the training, the biomechanics, the nutrition aspect of things, but it's also, she needs to be good at, or she needs to be well-versed in handling just real people. Cause at the end of the day, we work with, we work with like experienced bodybuilders, athletes, but also just general population. So like moms with like three, four five kids, um, business owners so we have to know like as an online trainer when you're or online coach when you're dealing with people you have to know how to talk with people and also inspire them to be better um and then so the more i do that i'm like okay i want to be able to do that with my employees as well and just kind of build the business that way that's awesome that's awesome man i love that I, i've got one more question for you here john you know and it's simply if you can go back in time here to when you first started sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started. What would that advice be for you? Um, as a personal trainer or like uh, someone that's in the fitness? Uh, oh, oh, as, as a business owner, I would say as like the trainer, business owner, whatever you want right. to say. So I would say to not work for a commercial gym. <laughs> that's, that's the number one thing I would have told myself because I, I got certified at 18 and all I wanted was some gym to hire me, like, you know, uh, crunch, hire me, it's, you know, LA fitness, somebody hire me, please. Because it's just, you realize once I finally did get hired, I worked for, I worked for a commercial gym and you don't realize 
you're, you're just, you end up just being an hourly worker. And when you're a personal trainer, you're in it to help people. And you, you want to be there every day and help people. But it's hard when it turns into just an hourly job where the gym takes all of your money, but they also make you go out. Like the gym I worked for was, they, they made you go out and talk to people on the floor and say, hey, you know, your form needs some help. And it's like, I don't want to do that. Like, I'm not going to bother people during the workouts. Um, so, and I, I kind of put these gyms on like a pedestal and thought that that's, that's how I'm going to make it. I'm going to work for this gym. I'm going to make it. And then I, when I finally did work for them, I was like, I'm not making any money. I don't really like being here. Um, and then, so I just, I quit. And that's when I started doing my own thing. So that, that's the piece of advice. It's say, don't, don't, um, don't, what, what's the word? Um, idolize these commercial gyms when you can do this stuff on your own, just get educated, get experience. And that's pretty much it. John, I'm going to tell you what, man, that was a mic drop of an answer there. It's a good place to wrap things up. In this episode. <laughs> but uh, before we sign out, man, I mean, please, if you have any social media, a Facebook website, anything at all, let the viewers know, where can they find out more about you? Yeah, of course. So my, my Instagram is John Rojas fit. Uh, last name Rojas is R-O-J-A-S. And I also have a clothing company, which is, which is surrounded around mental health. It's a, it's a fitness based company, but when I started it, I started re, re, uh, kind of veering off more towards the mental health side of things. So it's kind of like fitness and mental health. It's called Tough Love Apparel. Uh, so the website for that is toughloveapparel.shop. And those are like, those are the main two things I focus on is my online coaching and then the, the Tough Love Apparel as well. So uh, my main, like the main thing I focus on is fitness, mental health, and making sure that people are well-versed, not just looking good, but also you want to be able to feel good on your day-to-day -day life and just kind of building that confidence. So uh, so yeah, my social media, Instagram is John Rojas Fit. Uh, TikTok, I believe, I just made my TikTok. It's, I think it's John Rojas Fit Coaching. <laughs> um, and those are my main two sources of, of social media. There we go. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds, that's right, I know how you can get the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. Sure. I'm going to go ahead and sign everybody else out over here, okay? Cool, of course. Awesome. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us and talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us are Chris and Mark of Dogtown Fitness coming to you from North Little Rock, Arkansas. Gentlemen, what's going on today? How are you?
Oh, we're doing good. Doing good. I'm excited to have you here. In, in the grand scheme of things, this is a relatively new business, at least to the, the current iteration that it's in. Before we talk business and strategy and tactics, guys, give us a little bit of a description. When you tell people about Dogtown Fitness, how do you describe this gym? Um, we're, we're kind of a small gym with a class setting. Uh, small can be good, it can be kind of intimate, you know, because a lot of people, when they do come somewhere new, it is about the community and having people around you, but then to not be so overwhelmed uh, by a bunch of chaos and a bunch of moving parts. So we're simple. And also I like to explain to it, like it's, we're not really necessarily like the fast food of the gyms, like a McDonald's or whatever. We're gonna kind of wine and dine and uh, kind of cater to you. Mm. Uh, make sure this is kind of like the best hour of everybody's day. Yeah, and, and I hear that a lot. The, the small town, we're focused on community and it's a quality over quantity kind of yeah. thing, right? We wanna make sure that we're putting together the best possible service. Let's kind of work backwards here, guys. We, we know that this is just about a year in business, at least under your control. Let's go big picture goals first, and then we can kind of talk about what we're doing today to work towards that. And so we've got a year under our belt, two years from now, three years from now, five years from now. Where do you guys see this business or where do you want this business to be in the long run? Well... I would like for it to take me out of my day job. <laughs> but uh, also, I mean, where I'm at in this location, I have room to expand and uh, just kind of just let it grow organically. And for one is to, this is our first year. And our first year, we just kind of keep the lights on. And then next year, our goal is to get affiliated with the CrossFit brand. And that'll help with the marketing and the members and uh, just to build a bigger community. Yeah. And, and so growth, right? We're looking to expand in, in a number of different directions. Yeah. Let's yeah. go back to, to today. You mentioned CrossFit. Is the service of what you guys do, is this mostly in the, the group training setting? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think like as kind of as Mark was saying, like we, as we grow to, to get, uh, you know, bring in more, more customers and more clients, we, what we definitely offer is that um, never, everybody here, nobody, nobody's trying to be a, a high level athlete. We're all basically just trying to get in a good 60 minutes of work, feeling good. So everybody can go about their day. Um, yeah. We are, we're huge into group stuff, doing a lot of partner workouts. We're, all of our stuff is group fitness, um, kind of catered to each person's individual needs, but with a bigger overarching uh, plan. So that, that group fitness aspect and, and the community that we kind of built in the last couple of months has been incredible. And that's definitely something that we don't want to stray away from because I think that's really what, that's really what people love about it is that even the, everybody's close you know, on birthdays, we all come together, uh, you know, we'll go out and celebrate together. So we don't want to lose that because that group, the group fitness and the community aspect that we have here, uh, obviously, as we hope to grow, we don't want to lose that. Uh, sure. The important part. Yeah. I want to highlight one of the things that you said early on 
Um, and I think it stems back to just CrossFit having this kind of brand confusion in general. People see top caliber athletes on TV, on YouTube, on social media, and they think that that's what CrossFit is. But you mentioned, and I think this is the case 99 times out of 100, this is really for everyday people, right? Looking to move a little bit better, feel a little bit better, look a little bit better not necessarily to, to go to the games, right? I think that's a big marketing differentiator. This is for Mr. and Mrs. Jones. In the, in the time that you guys have been in control of the business, how have we found the best way to bring in new people to that community? What's been working for you guys on a marketing front? Well, uh, through social media, I got a pretty good little following. And then also through our word of mouth. And one thing, I have a mentor. She she was on the uh, the CrossFit uh, seminar staff that teaches the L1. And I pick off of her brain a lot. And she added, her name's Nicole Gordon. She added that I should do like a $30 for 30 days. Not to really just give my stuff away like water, but just to get people in the door. And then once they get a drink of it or whatever, I found, and like she said, they will stay, you know, but they'll get bit by the bug, so. Yeah, and I think there's there's pros and cons to low barrier offers like that, the $21 for 21 days, 30 for 30 days, whatever the, the specifics of it are. It's, it's a good way to get people in through the door, right? People want to yeah. see cheap products like that. But I think a lot of the time we end up getting leads that are looking for a cheap source or a cheap solution and not necessarily fully bought into the idea or the community like you guys talked about. Social media was one thing that you mentioned there. For you, at least so far, has this been organic putting out content putting out posts has it been with an advertising budget some combination of both how does that look um it's been with a uh, combination of both i i had a friend that i that i known since i was like 16 and she works for a big marketing firm like for nike out in oregon and uh she reached out to me and said man i could help you out and so she helped me get my brand started and off off the ground. And now uh, that it's off the ground and everything, it's kind of up and running. It's on me and and everybody else to kind of keep it afloat. Sure. Yeah. Keep the momentum it's, going. So it's a game of consistency for yeah. sure. Definitely. Do you think that uh, you'll continue with both the organic side and the paid side, kind of one-two punch for a marketing combination in the future? That's my goal. Yeah. yeah. I think what we found uh, definitely recently, I mean, we have the we have the benefit of the, I think, word of mouth. We've, we've been around, uh, you know, Mark's from the area. We know a lot of people in the area. So a bunch of people that come in are, uh, hey, so-and-so gave us your recommendation and said that we, you guys would be a good spot. And that kind of gets them in the door. And then the other piece is just... Uh, we try and stay active in terms of posting stories just purely on social media to show that we're still, you know, active and doing stuff day to day. And I think that's what we found, especially with people walking in the door is like, but basically, Hey, I was looking for something. 
and I saw you guys were active on social media. Uh, you know, I follow you or, and, or I went to this gym, but they're super busy. I follow you guys on social media. Um, we saw that you were posting stuff and I thought I'd try you guys out. Yeah. And if, I mean, if we, it makes sense, right? If we put ourselves in the mind of somebody, the, the typical buyer, social media is the way to go, right? If I want to know what a gym is doing, what they're about, I'm probably going to go to their Facebook. I'm going to go to their Instagram. I'm going to go probably Google Dude. and find out as much as I can before I ever step foot in there. And that sales process starts far earlier than we're even aware of right. as business owners. Take us to that process, guys. When somebody reaches out and says that they're interested, what happens? Who are they speaking with? What's that conversation about? What are they signing up for? How does that sales process feel? Well, uh, well, I mean, the, the few interactions that we've had recently has been um, basically someone showing up to a class, uh, not to, sometimes we'll get an email or a phone call of like, hey, I'm interested, but more often than not, I think it's either uh, someone shows up to a class, you know, and we're like, hey, you know, how's it going? And they're kind of just here to check us out. And they either had a recommendation for us or found us on uh, online and wanted to check it out. Um, and at that point, it's kind of just like, I, I think it's, it's pretty easy um, because you just, you are who you are. You know, if you're not faking it, then like they show up, they like the community, they like the class, or like maybe it's not for them. Um, but I think the interactions that I've had most recently have been either someone walking in and be like, hey, they gave us your uh, info, recommended it, we checked you out. We just wanted to come, uh, you know, drop in and see how it's going. Um, and, um, and so do you think that, that the sales process, because so many of our leads right now are word of mouth style and they have heard of us or, or were recommended, do you find that, that that makes it a little bit easier for you guys? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, like just recently, we have a couple of females that just like to record everything, post everything, which I call it, that's real cool. I call them, they're the VPs of marketing. And they don't even know it. <laughs> and then it's the affiliate. one of their friends came to me and uh, she saw that we were, something we were doing. And I did offer just right off the bat because I could tell that she already had a membership somewhere else. And I was like, you know what? I'm glad you came in. But if you want to try it out for 30 days, 30 bucks, you know, a dollar a day. And uh, today she actually signed up for a membership. And uh, so this was just a couple of weeks back. And I mean, that's just something here recently. Yeah. And we're feeding and growing off of that. So. Sure. And, and I think it's, it's, a, it's a combination. We're at the early stage of a business like this. We need to just build that foundation, right? We need to get people in through the doors to be able to provide income for the business in general before we can start doing more advanced things. As you get these clients, Mark, what do you think influences them staying, right? It's just, it's, it's only half the battle to sign a member up. We wanna keep these people for the long haul. For you, what, what influences retention the most? I like, I like them to know that I actually care. Um, you know, I actually care that they're going to get something out of coming and seeing me. And so I get to know them and I also let them get to know me. 
like last Friday was my birthday and I had a, a family gym day and I invited 20 people showed up and went out to eat at a restaurant. So, and just some kind of just customized stuff to people. I kind of go above and out of my way. And what my mentor, Nicole, she'll tell me I'm too nice, but it's my passion. And so I can't really, it's, it's what I love to do. And that's just who I am. So, yeah. And just try now, to let it bleed out. Yeah. And, and we are, I mean, we started our conversation off with the goal being to grow, right? To get more people in, to eventually make this full time for you. But look even beyond that, Mark. Uh, I think this is a fun question. If you had the gym of your dreams, magic genie lamp to, to make this thing as, as grand as you like, tell me about that, that perfect business gym in your mind. Mm. I would like to be able to host events. Um, I would like to be big in the community. Um, I, I would, I would like for, I would like to control it and yet it run itself, if that makes any sense. Okay. And uh, I don't want to lose my control of, it, you know, in the process of growing, you know what I mean? And, yeah. uh, and, and I mean, everybody wants to be successful. I feel like that's a no brainer. So yeah, I've never met anybody that's against making more money. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. But yeah. just to reach out and touch people, like I said, man, uh, it it's really it's what drives me and keeps me on the in between the lines. Fitness is a, a unique industry because if we think about it in in this spectrum of business owners that only care about making profits and nothing else, and on the other side only care about helping people, even if it's to their own detriment successful gyms are usually right in the middle of that right we need influences from both sides obviously this is a business and we need to get paid and, and make make money but there's a lot more of the the people component to it than a lot of other industries and so it sounds like that's where you guys are at in a nutshell yes i mean i've been down that road i'm 44 years old to where i was strictly money driven and then i've also since I've, I've took my lumps in life, I learned how to, uh, to find that balance. Yeah. Well, Mark, that's a pretty good place for us to start to wrap things up in our conversation. Before we close this episode out and sign out, why don't you guys tell people where they can learn a little bit more about Dogtown? What's the best website for people to find out about this? That's true. Now, now you quiz me. I don't even know my own website address. <laughs> Uh, it's dogtownfitness.com straightforward enough yeah perfect guys this has been a whole bunch of fun i i really appreciate you joining us on the episode and and be, being willing to share both what's gone well and, and where we're still struggling and trying to improve and so we'll have to get you back on in the future once we have a little bit more time under our belt for now i can't thank you enough and I wish you guys nothing but the best moving forwards. I'm out. Let me uh, reiterate that, that web address. It's www.dogtown-fitness.com. And you can check me out on Facebook at uh, dogtownfitness.com. Instagram. Appreciate you for clarifying. Now, guys, like I said, thank you. 
are wishing nothing but the best. To everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.